2: Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show.
1: Okay, you caught me. I'm not Nadine Dietz, I'm Heidi Palermo, but I am lucky enough to get to guest host today live from Miami with Fernando Machado, the global CMO of Restaurant Brands International, which owns three brands you might have heard of before, Burger King, Popeyes, and Tim Hortons. Fernando, welcome back to CMO.: yeah, thanks
3: for having me, uh, and welcome to Miami. Welcome to our beautiful Burger King restaurant here in Miami. I bet it's your first restaurant interview. This
1: is, and this is by far the nicest Burger King I've ever been in. So Fernando and I just got to do something really fun. He taught me basically how to make a proper Whopper,
3: which was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I did pretty good. I I remembered all the steps, and now when I make a burger at home, I'm never going to be able to forget it. Yeah, no,
3: but it works. I mean, I think that when I prepare burgers at home, I don't usually put produce. Uh, And I started to do that, like, after after I've learned uh, from the Whopper. You know, to have some tomatoes, some lettuce, some onions, pickles. I have all those uh, staple items at home, and every time I prepare a burger, I try to uh, to mimic. Yeah, uh, it doesn't how match. did it turn out? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it turns out okay. Um, but I think that Burger King mastered the art of doing that, so definitely like the Whopper is better than my, my made-at-home burger.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of new things happening behind the scenes at Burger King. New equipment, flame-grilled burgers, things you can't replicate at home, so be sure to check that out. Now, it's been two years since your first time on CMO Moves, and Nadine was so bummed she couldn't make it, gracious enough to let me sub in for her. But, you know, your first episode talked about brave marketing and moving at the speed of pop culture. And I highly recommend anyone who hasn't listened to that podcast to go back and tune in. Um, But at the time, Fernando, you were the global CMO of Burger King. Yes. And since then, you've moved up to oversee the three brands. How was that move for you? Was it difficult to make that decision to go from owning one brand to now a portfolio of brands? I think,
3: look, I mean, I, I've been with RBI now for seven years. And, uh, and it was fun to also have now um, BK, Popeyes, and Tim Hortons, right? I mean, I always, I always work for Burger King. Uh, but I think it's cool to have a brand that's completely different than Burger King, which both are. I mean, Tim Hortons is a very, um, it's a heart brand. Uh, very strong in Canada, uh, and uh, Popeyes is this soulful, from Louisiana, New Orleans, uh, real cooking, you know, recipes and spices and marination, uh, massive success in the U.S., especially uh, over the past two years with the chicken sandwich, a year and a half now, and, uh, uh, and it's great to keep my mind busy with completely different things, I really believe in creativity, uh, and I always try to leverage creatives as a drive or as a big driver for uh, for business and, and I think that the more you think about different things, mm-hmm. uh, the more you can use lateral thinking and see different realities, uh, the more creative uh, you get uh, and Having the opportunity to think about three brands instead of only one uh, helps make me more creative mm-hmm. let 's say so I enjoy that it 's nice to exercise different parts of my brain yeah. and build the teams in a different way to cater to the needs and the personalities of the brains that we have.
1: Is there one thing that you've taken from your time specifically on the BK brand that you've brought to the others or vice versa?
3: Yeah, I think that, like, I'm, as I said, like I'm always learning. I still leverage things that I've learned on my Unilever time, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, on the work that I do here. Uh, and surely, like, uh, I continue to learn working for BK, like, all about, like, All the success that we had in really pushing hard in terms of creative or like getting the brand to be talked about in social or um, uh, going for the headline in PR, Uh, these are things that in a different way, because the brands are different, but that I can use and apply all the time uh, on the work that we do for teams, on the work that we do for uh, for Popeye. So I'm always trying to leverage the conceptual learning uh, that I had, uh, which can travel from one brand to another, even though the personalities of the brand and the products that we sell, they are so different.
1: different. And today we're talking about some exciting news that you have. You wanna share what's going on with Burger King?
3: Yeah, so like we are are revealing today that we are basically like doing a complete upgrade of our visual identity for Burger King. Uh, That's a really exciting project. We've been working on that for quite some time, I would say like 18 months, two years. Uh, It's a massive undertake because uh, the brand is such a love brand and it's a brand that has global presence, so everything that we do needs to work everywhere. We need to bring our franchise partners uh, together on that journey. We want to make sure that our crew members feel good about the mm-hmm. stuff we're doing too, uh, especially because it really affects all touch points, including the uniform, which is something that they are going to wear. So uh, um, we partnered with JKR, which was the design agency leading the charge. Uh, we have a very strong design team. Half Abreu is our head of design for RBI, he, and, and Mary on his team were like working very close together, uh, leading uh, this project. Uh, so we are basically like updating our brand logo, updating, creating a custom font. Uh, it's a different color palette. Uh, it's like a new uniform, new package design, <laughs> uh, new exterior of mm-hmm. the restaurant. Um, it's really like our presence will change. Uh, and, and, and we work for so long because it's hard to do it, and because uh, we wanted to, this to be a super nice, like, bowl on the top of this wrap of all the other key things that we are doing for the brand. You know, mm-hmm. we've been investing a lot in terms of food quality, removing artificial ingredients from artificial sources from our food. Uh, uh, we are, like, making some serious commitments around sustainability. We are uh, improving the experience, especially the digital experience, which is so critical mm-hmm. in, a, in the year of the, the, the pandemic uh, last year, and will continue to be critical uh, moving forward, especially with off-premise, meaning delivery drive-to, takeout, right. growing so much. Digital plays an important role there. Uh, and, and because this brand is a brand going through that transformation, uh, we, we wanted the design to basically like, signal to people that that was changing.
1: So that was going to be my next question because uh, first rebrand in 20 years, right? In more than 20 years. And we know from Moldy Waffer that the big message was all around food transparency, food quality. So was this rebrand something that was started, you said 18 to 20 months ago, this yeah. was happening before and then they t- got tied together or how did that come? We
3: out? always wanted to uh, update the mm-hmm. visual identity of the brand. You know, like uh, we felt that our logo was updated you know, it was for a, from a different time, you know, like uh, it was from a time that digital didn't have such the importance that it has today. Uh, like, it was about speed, you have this swoosh on the logo, it has blue on the logo, there is no blue food, right? I mean, we, we wanted to be real, authentic, bold, a classic, right? I mean, it's, this brand is like timeless and has such a strong heritage. we flame grill burgers since 1954. Um, so uh, we were working on that because we knew we had that need. Now, the timing to uh, unveil like that, uh, that, that new VI, uh, we try to marry that mm-hmm. with other big changes and big transformations that the brand is undertaking, like food quality, right? I mean, you mentioned Moldy Whopper. Uh, we launched Moldy Whopper, I think it was beginning of last year, beginning of 2020. And it was the initial like, rollout of a Whopper free from colors, flavors, and preservatives from artificial sources. We also removed MSG and high-fructose corn syrup. And we made sure that people understood that our point of view was that real food tastes better. Mm-hmm. And we are going to continue that journey until all our food portfolio is free from colors, flavors, and preservatives from artificial sources, which should happen this year. We already are already at 90% in the U.S. Um, sustainability same thing we unleash we review the restaurant brands for good, which is our framework that includes sustainability. Uh, we made commitments around single use plastic around packaging around uh, sourcing transparency around the, the things that we ask our suppliers to do endless list it 's all public and we are investing a lot behind digital and tech we are rolling out uh, uh, outdoor digital metal, more, metal boards that do Suggestive selling that do predictive selling, meaning they adjust the menu based mm-hmm. on the weather, based on location, based on time uh, of the day. Uh, it suggests items based on what you are ordering mm-hmm. uh, uh, on the go. Um, we are deploying double drive-throughs, in some cases even triple drive-throughs. Uh, we invested behind big time behind our app. Uh, what about the tour? Like uh, from like two years oh, ago yeah. was part I, of that, right? Of I course. mean, <clears throat> so we been investing behind that for quite some time. And because we achieved some key milestones in food quality, in sustainability, in experience slash digital, uh, we felt that that was the time uh, to uh, renew the visual identity, to signal to people that the brand is evolving, the brand is changing.
1: And you know, I, I remember from September, you co-hosted a masterclass on Brave Advertising for Brand Week. And I believe your final takeaway there was, don't fear criticism. So with that in mind when you're rolling out something it's been over 20 years since the brand has changed its visual yeah. identity did your team come up with any sort of hater contingency plan or how to deal with when you have such a well-loved brand that's changing yeah.
3: we 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 always do scenario planning we do a lot of research in this case because it's a big change and it's a change that will affect all countries around the globe and we need to make sure that what you're doing is relevant everywhere fortunately what we're proposing is relevant everywhere and tested really well uh, when, when I say that we shouldn't fear criticism, and, um, and I think that's definitely true, uh, doesn't mean that you, you shouldn't prepare for it. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Good point. Uh, I think that we, we do scenario planning and we do have some mitigation mm-hmm. mechanisms that we prepare. We, we hardly ever use, to be honest with you, but just the preparation makes you stronger and gives confidence to everyone uh, in the company that if something goes wrong, you right. can handle, right? right? Um, to me, the thing is, like, today we live in an age where anything that you do that's relevant will get some level of criticism. The only way you're not going to get criticized is if you, if you do something that's irrelevant, right? I think that risky and crazy is to do something that no one cares about. You know, that's just a waste of, uh, uh, of, of time and money. I think in our case, uh, and it's a, it's a really difficult thing to do, and I think that the team did an amazing job accomplishing that. What we are putting forward as visual identity is something that feels very modern, but it also feels very classic mm-hmm. uh, and very uh, like timeless. You know, the logo sourced inspiration from the logo that we had for many years and that we, um, uh, we changed in, I think it was 1998, 1999. But from 69 to 1998, 1999, we had a logo that's actually very similar to the logo that we are recommending now. The, the main difference is now is that we adjust a little bit the color to make it more vibrant and more like food color. Mm-hmm. And we adjust a little bit the proportions uh, of the bun to look more like the, the, the products that we sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the font is like yummy, round, just like our food. So people look uh, at that and it's familiar to them. It's not some crazy- uh, Out of, odds out of <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like it feels very familiar. It feels very modern. Uh, it was designed to be as timeless as any as something can be mm-hmm. you know what i mean like to, like i think that the current logo uh that we have the one with the three colors it didn't um survive the test of time mm-hmm. it doesn't age well you know like the shine on the bun like buns don't shine yeah you know like, when i
1: saw the new logo i was like for some reason it felt it felt familiar
3: yeah there are many people who still if you ask them to draw uh, the Burger King logo, we'll draw the old logo oh, with the buns and, uh, and the Burger King. Oh, that's interesting. On yeah.
1: That's very interesting. So, you know, something to this gravity, again, in-store products, merchandise, um, the look of the uniforms, that's, that's not just marketing. This is like a whole, you know, that takes you working with yeah. your C-suite counterparts yeah. very closely. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about that yeah. relationship. And
3: So, like, everyone is involved. I think that one of the beautiful things about Burger King and RBI in general is that, we work in a very collaborative way, you know, including our franchise partners, who are also involved, and our suppliers, who are also involved in a, in a project like right. this. Uh, uh, and, and our teams are small. Um, we try to not be bureaucratic, and we are very informal, transparent, and, and collaborative. So sure, like everyone is involved. The the visual identity will uh, is already in the process of being deployed. Some touch points will go faster than others, right? I mean, if you think about the digital touch points, that, those are easier to change, and we are probably going to do that much faster than changing the logo on the outside of restaurants, you know, which will probably follow a, a timeline around remodels and new restaurant opening. Uh, packaging will flow through. Mm-hmm. As we deplete inventory of the current packaging, the new design will flow through the, the new one. It would be silly to write off. And destroy packaging. I mean, we are in a journey to improve environmental sustainability. Right. Why would I destroy a package that's still good to use just because of visuals? Um, advertising uh, that's going to change very quickly. Uh, uniform will flow through. I mean, franchisee partners are ordering uniforms throughout the year. Uh, when they order next time, they will get like the the, the, the new one. Mm-hmm. Like or one of the future times that they order, they will get the new one as we deplete also stocks of the uh, of the old inventory. Uh, but I think the important thing is to align in this whole system the end game, you know, like and everyone is proud and excited with the end game because an end game that builds on the strength that this brand has that feels uh, much more aligned with the vision that we have uh, for the brand that feels much more modern, much more in sync with digital media. Right. You know what I mean? Like today, the logo needs to look well on the screen of your phone. Mm-hmm. You know, like most logos are 2D and flat. Uh, our old logo is, like, this, has this weird three-dimensionality, it was not designed for UX mm-hmm. and UI, you know. So that's part of the, the, the reason why we are so proud and excited with the deployment uh, of the new Visual Identity
1: and can we expect anything in social the voice of the brand is anything going to be impacted there do you think our future campaigns yeah
3: look i mean i think that this is a brand that has a very clear personality you know like it's fun it's self deprecating it's a bit edgy challenges everything like even the way advertising is done moji whopper i think is an example of that that will continue you know i think that we adjusted the visual identity to better fit with what this brand is about Mm -hmm. you know, there was a bit of a it it was like a a bit of a disconnect was starting to happen uh, between those two things Now, because the brand evolved so much, not just in terms of the personality because I would say that over the past 20 years, from the time CPB uh, was doing the work I think it was already in the right territory uh, personality wise uh, for Burger King Um, it's more like many of the other things like real food, sustainability, uh, even like D&I, which we' not talking much today, but uh, all these things were making changes mm-hmm. and evolving internally and externally, but the design didn't. Uh, so it was time to, to upgrade that, the design so it better matches the vision of the brand and the things that we're doing for the brand.
1: And, and so let's go back to creativity because I have a question yep. for you around, you know, a lot of times creativity and business goals don't always align, right? Those bold ideas. How do you, as a leader who is just really known for pushing the envelope and pushing creative ideas forward, how do you kind of foster that with your team and manage those expectations across stakeholders? Yeah. So
3: like, I think it's a journey, right? I mean, I've been with RBI for seven years now. When I came, it was not RBI, it was just Burger King. Uh, And it was a journey around showing that something creative pays off. You know, and believing that creativity can be a source of competitive advantage if you know how to, if you know how to leverage that. Uh, uh, lots of people, when they look from the outside, they think that we are, we. Some of the stuff that we do may be like kicking an open door, or may be maybe like just creative for the sake of being creative. But there is there is a strategy behind uh, <laughs> all that madness. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, and the more you do, mm-hmm. the, and the more you prove the case for creativity, the more credibility you build, and the more your stakeholders, uh, or the company, will want you to be creative. You know, like, it's funny, because like, sometimes I show an idea to my boss, who is the CEO, not because he's asking me, just because I'm excited about the idea I'm <laughs> going to share yeah. with him. And then he looks at it and says like something like, oh my God, that makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, it's probably going to work. Yeah, uh, you, you see what I'm yep. saying? Like Because he understands that something that feels comfortable and it probably means that has been done before and that's more of the same, mm-hmm. uh, it's something that other people could do, uh, and they're probably not going to work, right. You know, like to me, risk is relative, right. the, the risk uh, uh, here, the more ordinary you do, whatever you do the bigger the risk that no one will even notice yeah. the thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so we, we believe on that. And, and I think that each campaign and each idea may have a slightly different objective. I mean, there are certain campaigns and certain ideas that will focus on driving short-term sales. There are others which will help uh, uh, diminish like, uh, buyers or consumption. There are others that we are going to increase brand love, which on the long run should revert back to sales it really depends mm-hmm. you know like i think it's important that to define very clearly uh what's objective right of what you're trying to do what are the metrics uh that are yeah. going to prove the case and then start slow but start and, and prove that creativity can help you achieve that objective in a faster cheaper better way uh through metrics right. and then over time People are going to start to believe more. Yeah, that's uh, a good point
1: that. because just because it's a crazy idea or a bold idea doesn't mean it's not tied to the to the yeah. business objectives.
3: And like you can easily if you think about Moji Whopper, Moji Whopper probably is the most awarded creative awarded campaign that Burger King has ever done. You know, like the second one was Whopper the Tour. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, like Moji Whopper uh, was a campaign that links like directly to one of the key priorities that we have, which is to improve the quality of our food. Mm-hmm. Uh, which passes through serving real food, right? Uh, walk the tour is another key pillar that we have, which is to improve guest experience through digital. Uh, and it was the launch of Mumbai ordering and Payment uh, in our app. Uh, so those ideas, they, they, they had a very strong fit with the business and company and brand objective that we have, with the strategy that we have uh, and that we are trying to deploy. Uh, uh, Whopper the Tour still is one of the best ROIs I think it's the best ROI that from any idea we have ever done in digital you know and Moji Whopper had the world talking about the fact that Burger King doesn't have preservatives Uh, which by the way we tried to do that before uh, with other campaigns and no one you will never ask me about those because (laughs) they they didn't cut through you know what I mean like uh, so sometimes uh, people may get it wrong and think that Oh delivering a rational message just in a factual base right. is the best way to go when actually people are not going to pay attention right. uh, to that. You really need the creative to uh, help you you know like uh, help your media plan uh, as a dollar multiplier on a media plan help uh, command attention uh, uh, from people and that 's the power that creativity can have for whatever uh, objective that you have and then just to close that question. Uh, It's much more fun to do something creative than something that's not creative. It's that's too short for you to not be doing fun (laughs) stuff. So uh, that's kind of like the mindset that we have.
1: So so we talk a lot um, at Adweek and, uh, you know, as you know, on CMO Moves about the skills that marketers need today, to be a modern marketer today and succeed. Creativity obviously being one of them. What other skills, is there anything else that comes to the top that you think is going to be really critical moving forward for marketers? I think
3: like, uh, I think that knowing how to collaborate is key, collaborate internally, Uh, With other areas, if you're on the C suite, with other folks on the C suite, collaborate with different agencies, collaborate with different suppliers, collaborate with influencers, you know what I mean? Like it's really, uh, uh, and collaborate, truly collaborate, you know, like leverage each person's point of views and strengths to make whatever you're doing better. Uh, um, It's different than being democratic, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's more like managing to bring different people together. Uh, and have them help each other Right. you know which I believe me it sounds easier said than done oh yeah you know because like people have egos and uh, so I think that's really key uh, I think that um, I think that if depending on the level of seniority you have it becomes even more important that as a marketeer if you are in marketing you expand the influence that you have in the company that you work on you know like uh, 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 push for sustainability. Push for mm-hmm. uh, cleaning regions. Like in our case, it makes sense. Push for DNI, diversity and inclusion. Push for what you believe the future is. Try to be on the right side of history. Try to do the right thing, uh, and don't uh, don't like put yourself in this box of oh, I'm just marketing. You know what I mean? Like I think that people who who can uh, marry their personal values with the impact that they can have in organizations will succeed. Uh, those to me are like I could talk about the importance of understanding how digital works I can talk about performance marketing I can talk about UI, UX I mean there are so many disciplines that are gaining more and more importance over time but I think that the basic fundamental ones are having good creative criteria it's uh, uh, expanding your role to create an impact on the things that you truly believe in and forcing your company to uh, to deliver against a, a bigger purpose than just selling stuff um, and just collaborate
1: that's great advice, thank you for that so Fernando, we have just a couple minutes left, I'm going to hit you with a fun um, lightning round okay, bear with me, yeah, I'm going to say a word and you tell me what oh word comes God, to your I'm mind are you ready for those. this? <laughs> okay, let's, we're going to start easy, Brazil
3: uh, it's, it's home right? home, perfect, yeah.
1: okay clowns
3: oh scary
1: (laughs) that one came from Nadine um baby shower
3: baby shower those are two words I I cheated Um, baby shower Uh, balloons balloons Uh, but like because you saw the video that I showed you with my little boy um having like a a Mr. Giggles like uh, laughing
1: like in a grown yes exactly (laughs) okay last one 2021
3: um hope you know, like uh, uh, I hope it gets better to all of us, both in a professional and on the, uh, on, on the personal side. I'm a hopeless optimistic uh, as a Brazilian, and I'm always trying to see the silver lining on everything. Uh, and I really hope that we are going to come out of the pandemic, which was a very difficult year, uh, with some positives. Whether it's around being more empathetic about people and different work styles and working from home and flexibility and, and personal needs. Because I mean, we spend a year with life happening in front of all of us. I remember that when we used to have video conferences and a dog would bark, people would be mortified, like, "Oh my God, I'm sorry, and now it's like, "Who cares?" you know um, so I hope that, I hope that we emerge out of all this stronger, you know like, and I hope that everyone has a better year in 2021, uh, not just in 2020 because that's an easy <laughs> to beat, but <laughs> yeah. an excellent year for. Well, everyone. this is
1: a great start for, for your team, for sure, yeah. to kick off the year. And um, by the way, the reason Baby Shower was on there is because I heard that you had some Popeye's yes. chicken sandwiches delivered to a certain Baby Shower.
3: Yeah, we always, we always try to show surprising delight.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Final question, Fernando who is somebody who has had the, who you would say has had the most impact on your career choices and your path today? Oh, like
3: so many, like uh, throughout my career, I have so many people who are kind enough to spend time with me and, and help me. You know what I mean? From Steve Miles, who was my boss for a long time. In Unilever, we worked together on Dove, we worked together on Vaseline, someone that's still good friends. Uh, he already retired from Unilever. Uh, to like Simon Cliff, who is uh, three three generations of CMO ago uh, in Unilever, to Silvia Lanhado, who was my boss in Unilever and was CMO for McDonald's some time ago, to Emma Cookson from the time she was in BBH uh, New York, uh, or Cash 3, who was a creative guy, or Anselmo Ramos, with whom I did probably like the best work that I've ever done. Um, I feel very fortunate to work with people who, who invested so much on making me grow. Axel Schwan, who was the CMO for BK when I came, and I had no idea what QSR was. And he was very patient to help me not embarrass myself in front of franchisees because I didn't <laughs> know the category at all. Uh, so like, I could go on and on with names, and, and that's why I tried to help. To, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I tried to spend proper time coaching people, and even when people don't work for me anymore, uh, and help them grow.
1: Well, you're a great mentor. So um, I try. Yes, that's, that's excellent. Well, thank you so much, Fernando. I can't thank you enough for showing me how to make a whopper and sitting down to talk about this exciting news and joining us again on CMO Moves. So, awesome. Thank you. Thank very you. Much. Count
3: with me. Nadine, next time you're here.
1: Huh? <laughs> yes, yes, Nadine. We'll get, we'll get you down here one day to make maybe something else with Fernando. Yeah, we'll so. do
3: nuggets next time.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. My pleasure. All right. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day.